Welcome along to the Loftcast after the shortest of close season breaks. We're back after a longer stop than anticipated with the Loftcast. Well, we are back. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team. I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton and media colleague Matt Webb. Will QPR kick off their 2020-21 campaign this coming Saturday with the visit of Nottingham Forest to the Kind Prince Foundation Stadium? And it's fair to say we've got plenty to get through. How will Rangers adapt to life after Abire Eze? And what can we expect from our five summer signings so far? Just so, what sort of test lies in wait for Mark Warburton and his team this coming Saturday? We'll be hearing from one of our newest recruits, Tom Carroll, who last week returned to the club on a permanent basis. It's all coming right here on the Loftcast. Well, since Webby, thanks for joining us. How has the lockdown been for you two, fine gentlemen? Uh, it's been, <laughs> been been the same for me as one that's for everyone else bored. Um, is what it is. Um, but, you know, great to be back. Great to see some football. You know, we saw it at the end of June, July. A little break and a new season is upon us, which I uh, can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. And what about you, Matt? How have you found the lockdown? Yeah, obviously um, a testing time for everyone. It was great to great to get the games back in, in June and July. Obviously, not the start we wanted at the, uh, at the start of uh, the games taking place again but um we picked up towards the end of end of the season didn't we so no looking forward to, to getting the season underway again yeah absolutely and due to social distancing guidelines that need to be adhered to this is, of course has been conducted via zoom so well let's crack on i mean it has been a a funny way to end the old season and to, to start the new season since from your point of view just very briefly, looking back on last season, a good campaign overall? I think if you look at the season overall, I think, uh, yeah, pleasing, improvements made. You know, if you look at our league position from, you know, we finished 13th, I think we're 19th the season before uh, that. You know, seven more points, uh, more wins, more goals scored. Yeah, a couple too many conceded. But uh, and I think, you know, if you look at where we were, Prior to the season starting with what happened, you know, 14 players leaving, 14 coming in or those sort of numbers. I think Mark and his staff deserve a lot of credit for what they did uh, last season. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose that has been the, the, the issue or the challenge, if you like. Scoring goals wasn't a problem for us last season, but it was um, keeping the clean, clean sheets that, that was the challenge. I suppose that's one of the, the issues that they'll be looking to address in the current campaign. Very much so. I think um, you know if you if you look at how we could improve, that is that is the major the major factor. You know, I think goals scored last year wasn't a problem. I think we we're probably in the top three um, of goals scored all season. You know, you got three players around about the fifteen mark, which was excellent. Um, but on the flip side of that, you look at goals against, and you're probably in the bottom three. So um, so yeah, maybe that's some of the way we we. we we play, um, which I'm sure we'll speak about. But uh, on the whole, improvements uh, made uh, last year, but still improvements to go. But that, that is a good point. Talking about the way we play, and people saying, "Well, we're probably too open. That's why we're conceding." But we're, we're scoring the goals that we're scoring because of how we play. So if you adjust how you play to deal with the issues defensively, does that make you less potent in attack? Um, 
people on a far higher pay, pay grades than me have to uh, sort that particular conundrum. But from your point of view, since as a, a former player and a, a former manager as well, how do you tweak that so that you don't lose the good elements of your style of play while trying to resolve issues that are coming from it? It can be quite can be quite difficult, or it can be more difficult than many people might think. You know, if you want to play a, an open, expansive game, a possession game yeah. based, um, where you're in possession, you make the pitch big, you are going to run the risk of um, conceding more than if you set your team out to be rigid and pragmatic and defensive, if you like, and keep your fullbacks tucked in and your back four nice and narrow, which I think we saw. The season before last, you know, where we kept about 15 clean sheets, but some games I got in the car and think, you know what, we haven't had a shot at goal today. So it's it's about getting that, getting the balance right. It's that's key, you know. Um, I feel, and this is just my personal opinion, the way we 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 set up is enjoyable to watch. Your two fullbacks for me are key. Um, I say key in terms of attacking, but also defensive. You know, I, I would have a look at fullbacks positions when the ball's on the opposite side of the pitch you know where are they your two center backs or three center backs however you're playing are vital when you're on the attack you know you you have to make sure even when you're attacking you're sensing danger where's it where's it likely to break down where where could danger crop up from and you certainly one of your midfield players cannot cannot vacate the middle of the park has to be really disciplined and just sit in there um so yeah, so there's tweaks you can make in your play. When I look at the season, I think during the lockdown, because I had quite a bit of time, I watched all the goals again. And you know, I was quite alarmed at the amount of individual mistakes that led to goals. Yeah, I was see, also quite alarmed. I was also quite alarmed. Because yeah. the, the manager has highlighted that. He said, if you get cut open by a worldie, yeah. you almost have to applaud it. But it's when, you, when it's individual errors, then you can't, yeah. really, you can't really blame the... The formation or the yeah. setup, if it's an individual error that, that's causing the goals. Yeah, very much so. Um, so you know, if you if you can eradicate, you're always going to make individual mistakes. It's always going to happen in any team. But if you can eradicate, let's say half of those already, you're eating to that goals against. It's quite alarmed. I'm not alarmed, but you know, I thought we conceded far too many from set plays, which again, if you can eradicate some of them, you, you you're eating into that total against um, and sometimes you know managers they all have their ways sometimes against certain opposition you might just tweak the way you're going to play slightly but I think we we're enjoyable to watch scored goals and created chances for fun which I like to see as a forward player but I'm not going to sit here and think we haven't got to tighten up the back because we have to and I say at the back tighten up as a team um, because we, we have to and I think if we do we can get ourselves in a nice position. Webby, coming to you, as we look at our, our summer activity, and obviously the, the first name that has to get mentioned with regards to QPR's summer activity is that of Nibir Ayesi, of course, leaving for Crystal Palace. Um, firstly, your thoughts on that, obviously, as a, a lifelong QPR fan as well, in terms of Nibir A's ability. I mean, people have spoken about comparisons between him and Adele Tarab, and that people can argue that, that have that conversation forever and a day. But um, from your point of view, how enjoyable was he to watch in a QPR shirt? 
Yeah, really enjoyable. He's one of those players that obviously we had Adele in the, obviously it's 10 years since 10-11 this season. We had Adele around 10 years ago in terms of his prime. Um, they don't come along these players, every, you know, don't come along every day, do they? So um, you kind of get players like that every generation. But yeah, no, obviously really, uh, really disappointing to lose him. But I think there's a kind of wide, a kind of a wide acceptance that Abere has earned the right to go and play in the Premier League. So the kind of, you know, the model at QPR now kind of dictates that, you know, players are, are brought on, players are sold and it's up to others to to kind of come in and, and fill the void. And, you know, someone like Elias Chair now has really got an opportunity to kind of step into a Beret's shoes and, and take take that mantle. Since, do you remember as a player being at a club where, like, for instance, all about Elias Chair there, where Iberia has, has moved on and there's a, a hole, if you like, that needs to be filled. And while people are thinking of who can we bring in to fill that hole, I'd imagine there's players certainly at the club who are saying, well, you don't need to bring anyone in because that hole's going to be filled by me. As a player, do you remember being at a club where there was that situation where a player left and you were like, okay, this is this is a good opportunity for me now? Because I would imagine that's how players like Ilias will see this. Well, very much so. That's the way Ilias should be seen. You know, you're obviously you're, you're disappointed because your best player in the in the, in the squad's gone. Your uh, your mate might have left the club. Um, but lastly, on the on the flip side of that, you see there's a huge opportunity for yourself, you know, to to step up, to raise the bar, to improve your own game, to become the main man. I'm not saying Ilias is going to do that because I don't want to put him under too much pressure. But I thought Ilias had a, a really good breakthrough season last year. He's involved in 40 odd games, 25, 27 starts. Exciting. And I think he's very driven. And I think he'll see it as a huge opportunity to to raise his game and and take his game to the next level, you know. So uh, let's hope let's hope he can do that. If I can just add to what Webby said about Ibera, you know, sad to see him go, but it was probably inev- inevitable. Um, what a brilliant, what a brilliant, brilliant player, what a brilliant young man. He's earned that right, you know. He's um, he had a bit of adversity when he was younger, but he didn't let that affect him. He rolled his sleeves up, he worked his socks off, he honed his skills. Um, very humble when I've ever spoke to him. You know, he's um, just a really down-to-earth guy and he deserves every success he gets. And I think he, as I say, one sense we're disappointed because you never want to lose your best players, but we knew it was going to happen. And I think I speak for everyone at QPR and all our fans where we wish him the very, very best. And I think, you know, the sky could be the limit for that young kid. And I hope it is. Yeah, it would certainly be interesting to see how his, uh, how his career progresses in the next two or three years in the Premier League with Crystal Palace. Um, the flip side, of course, is the players that have come in. And aside from Abira Eze leaving, you've got to take into account that at the tail end of last season, Mark Pugh and Grant Hall left. Angel Rangel, of course, so unfortunate at Luton Town picking up that injury right at the end of his QPR career, if you like, while he still stays around the club having rehab. Obviously, he, he isn't now um, available as far as being a player is concerned. So he's moved on as well. So there's, and then of course you got Jordan Hugel who, who went back to, to West Ham before going on to Norwich. So there's plenty of um, holes to be filled, and five five players already in the club, which is um, certainly above average in the Championship at this stage of the season when you compare with um, other Championship sides. George Thomas, Lyndon Dykes, Rob Dickey, Luke Amos returning following his loan spell last season 
in, turn it into a permanent deal. And Tom Cowell joining us on a 12-month contract as well after he obviously was previously with us in the 2013-14 season on loan. Um, of those five since, obviously, we, we know about Luke Amos. George Thomas, what do you make of his arrival? I think it's quite an exciting signing. You know, 23, um, full international for Wales. Um, made, played games for, for Coventry, then made the step up, but it never quite happened at Leicester for him. Went out on loan, uh, even went overseas. I know that got cut short, you know, to, to further his development. Um, and I know it's a pre-season friendly and you make of that what you want, but I was quite impressed with him against Wimbledon a couple of weeks ago with what he could, what he could have, offer us differently. You know, for me, meant a lot of forward runs in behind, uh, beyond the striker, which I think is, if you're just playing with one striker, it's important that you disturb back four. So, um, unfortunately, picked up a little niggle. Hasn't been able to play the last couple of weeks. But, uh, but yeah, he'll be, a, he'll be a useful addition to the squad and gives competition for places in that midfield. You know, with Don Ball, who was excellent last year. Jeff Cameron gives you that experience. You know, Luke Amos, we've already said, Tom Carroll's just come back to the club. I'm sure I've missed somebody out, but uh, you know, Faisal Batash's um, training regular and in and around the squad and in and around the team there. So there's competition for places. And I think the midfield players that we have all give us something slightly, slightly different, which is which is key. They're not all the same. You know, Don Ball gives you something different to what um, Tom Carroll will give you and vice versa. So, uh, so yeah, good signings. Yeah, and George Thomas... Uh... He picked up a, a quad injury, but he's back to full training now. So, fingers crossed, he'll be um, available for selection on Saturday against Nottingham Forest. Uh, Lyndon Dykes is certainly a, a name that's sort of got QPR fans' attention. Obviously, he's since joining us, he's been called up by Scotland. He's played twice for them now. And on uh, Monday evening, he scored uh, for them uh, against the Czech Republic as well. And on the WhatsApp group we've got at the club. Um, people were commenting about um, he looks good, he looks decent. And then a message that Mr. Webb put on the WhatsApp group, I won't use the exact word he used, but suggested it wasn't good news. And obviously, <laughs> Lyndon Dykes had, had picked up what appears to be a back injury. Um, but uh, by all accounts, it's nothing serious. And fingers crossed he's going to be fit and available before Saturday. But Matt, Lyndon Dykes is, is one that he looks like a, an exciting one, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm sure I wasn't the only one wincing when uh, he got a kick in the back and had to come off. But um, yeah, no, he's, um, he's certainly a player that uh, looks, to be, uh, looks to be one that's exciting. Uh, he has pace, he's good in the air. He's obviously a decent goal return last season for Livingston. No, so it's exciting to see what he can do, obviously, now into the uh, international scene as well. But I mean, I look at... You, you mentioned the five names there. I mean, I know Tom Carroll's a little bit more experienced, but they're all players that kind of fit fit the kind of um, fit the kind of model now of you know bringing in and, and developing and see how they can go. So yeah, no, all players that can come in and, and develop. Yeah, they're all they're all players. I mean, you can never obviously tell what the future holds, particularly in football. But they're all players that you would anticipate will have a, a greater value in terms of if you were to sell them on in a couple of years than in QPR paid from. And like you say, that, that is the QPR model. Now that is the approach. And Abira Eze is a, a fine example of that, coming in, uh, been out of contract with the club and obviously then going on for, for a significant amount of money. Um, 
at the other end of the pitch to Lyndon Dykes, of course, Rob Dickey. Um, and he's someone since that, that looks like he could be a, a really impressive addition as well. Yeah, you look at you look at reports and you look at reviews and you speak to people within the game and uh, Rob's got a good reputation. You know, he's uh, he's quite experienced now as well for someone who's just 24. You know, if you look at the games that he's played, so he'll be uh, he'll be a really useful addition. You know, he's courted by other clubs, but he 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 chose us. You know, let to believe Mr. Mackey, Jamie Mackey had a little bit of an influence on that, and if he did, great. But uh, you know, Rob, I think, will be a good fit for the way we want to play. Um, and we welcome him to the club along with all the other um, new signings. Hopefully they bed in really, really quickly. Hopefully they settle down and hopefully they can be part of, you know, the journey that they're on with us and we have a successful season with them on board. And it's, it's great to have these young players coming in, but you do need the, those older heads out there. And while well, Tom Carroll, it's hard to do, imagine we're calling a 28-year-old an old head. But in footballing terms, he brings that experience. How important is that going to be? I think uh, I, th I think it's key. You know, it's it, it's great having youngsters coming through, and you know that is the way that we're going. Um, but you need that experience around them. And Tom, twenty-eight, you know, he's been around the block. If you look at the clubs, you look at the games he's played. Uh, very talented footballer, very technically gifted footballer. And I think, again, coming back to the point is what I was saying a couple of minutes ago, I think he gives us something in the midfield area that we probably haven't got. I think he sees a pass. I would like to see Tom being progressive and playing forward, um, you know, because he does see things and he's, uh, that other players don't see. He's got a lovely weight of pass. He's got a, a wand of a left foot, you know. So, uh, yeah, he might be chasing his fitness a little bit, but... Um, Played Saturday at Plymouth, and I was quite impressed with what I saw from him. And you know what? He's, he's just a really good footballer, Tom. So he's first of all, he's got to get himself into the team. And once he gets into the team, I'm sure he'll he'll give us something that we haven't had. Yeah, well, we'll be speaking with Tom McCarroll very shortly here on the Loftcast. But before we do, just looking at the pre-season so far, it's wet our appetite for um, Saturday's game against Nottingham Forest. You know, the pre-season games and, of course, the Carabao Cup against Plymouth, which... Didn't go the way of QPR. It's not new news to have disappointment from a, a cup fixture. It's obviously a very challenging one um, for it to be thrown in before the, the first league game of the season, it, and particularly with it coinciding with the internationals as well. So not only did we lose Lyndon Dice, but we also had a, a couple of people missing out with, with minor knocks as well. So it did make it a challenge. But what have we learned since from the, the game so far, from the pre-season game, from the Plymouth game? As we look ahead to Nottingham Forest and the season beyond, what have we learned so far? I think what we learned, you know, we're, we're, we're betting in a couple of players. We, we, we know the way we're going to play. Um, you know, certainly uh, the Wimbledon game, I, I, was, uh, I was really impressed, actually, albeit the game for me was a little bit easier. I thought we were miles better than the opposition. That's not being disrespectful, uh, you know, but that game in particular, to score three goals, to keep a clean sheet... Um, you know, Lyndon to come in after three days and score on his non-competitive debut, if you like, but to still yeah. score, I think that was that was pleasing. Then you go to Oxford and you're you're, you're on the end of a a one-nil defeat where we probably should have got more from the game. Um, if you look at the chances or the half chances that we had, conceded from another set play where their centre forwards unmarked six yards out. Um, then you've got your behind closed door game during a week where we, we go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the top club and top players. 
And then you go to Plymouth, where again, Plymouth game probably mirrored quite a few of last season's games, really, where you, you play quite well in parts. Uh, you've created opportunities. You've gone into good positions. You haven't quite made the most of them. And you get punished for individual mistakes and errors. And you, you concede three and you, you lose the game. So it again, comes back to what we were saying. That's an area where we probably need to to work harder at and get better at. But um, pre-season, Paul, pre-season's all about your first game of the season and your first three, four, five, six games of the season. And because we've only had, or the players have only had three and a bit weeks break before they were back or three weeks back, that's strange sort of times, you know. Uh, but where we were since uh, March, not playing, you know, just delighted to see the... the teams up and down the country are, are, are back playing. But I think it's who copes with the circumstances the best, you know, no crowd still. You know, I was asked after last season, well, how important is that? I don't really know because I was never in that situation. Well, I was never in that situation. Um, but it, it must be so difficult for, for players to, you know, they're getting changed in a bar. You know, they're, they're, they're coming out at two different entrances. You know, I watch them when they come out at half-time sometimes, both us and the opposition. It's almost sometimes when they both come down the tunnel together, they, yeah. they, they sprint out. It, it just seems a little bit... So it's, it, it's weird. And it's the team who can come to terms with that the best. And we're playing a team on Saturday in Notts Forest, which we'll come to in a while, who didn't come to terms with that. Um, and there's probably better teams than us up and down the country didn't come to terms with it. So it wasn't just us after lockdown, as some people tended to want to say, oh, you know, QBR aren't ready. We were ready. We just didn't pick it up as well as other teams picked it up, you know. Um, so, yeah, just got just to gotta get ready. Is what it is. Get on with it. Make the best of it. Really look forward to the games coming up. And uh, let's see if we can get some results. What did you make of the, the game at Plymouth, Webby? What were your... Your thoughts, it seems to be the similar issues, if you like, that we had last year where we're scoring a couple of goals, but a couple of goals, but conceding three. But then, like the manager said afterwards, there were plenty of other opportunities which, had we have taken them, we'd have won the game. Yeah, I think it basically highlighted um, what needs to be improved from last season going into next. Um, you know, as a timely reminder that, yeah, um, you know, you'd like to think from you know, since said we didn't score at Oxford, and, but we had chances, right? The other games, yeah, we've, we've scored goals. You'd like to think that we are going to score goals again next season. We've shown that again um, in pre-season. It's highlighted the, the fact that, yeah, we need to eradicate the, you know, eradicate the errors, um, whether that's individually. I know a lot of them have been individual errors during pre-season, but that, that is, you know, something that needs to kind of go if we're going to progress next season. It's fair to say we're, we're short on numbers in terms of the, the size of the squad. It's a very young squad and, you, like I say, that we're, we're short on numbers and those numbers include people that with very limited match day experience, um, first team experience. Had we have progressed in the Carabao Cup, we could potentially have had round two, round three and round four all in the space of the next three weeks while also playing uh, Nottingham Forest, Coventry and Middlesbrough as well. Um, you don't want to go out of a cup competition, of course, but 
Can it be called a, a blessing in disguise or is that too strong? But it would have put a real pressure on a small young squad, wouldn't it, since? Yeah, it would have done. Um, if you're asking me, um, my opinion on it, I'm a little bit old school. <laughs> I like to win every game. I like to go as far as I can in the cup and deal with something further down the line if it's putting a strain on players, young players, injuries, etc. So it's just how you, how, how you look at it. But um, And by the way, we went to Plymouth to win the game. So um, there's no... I'm not saying anything on that. I'm just saying whether it's a blessing in disguise because of the games coming up, possibly. But I know I would rather be... In, personally, I know I'd rather be in the next round of the cup and the next round of the cup and the next round of the cup. But yeah. uh, again, the way you play, we've, we've talked about that, you know, with and without the ball, it's it's just getting that balance with managing games as well. But um, that's it. We'll be fine. Well, one person who did impress in that game was Tom Cowley, who signed on the, the Friday and then made his debut on the Saturday. Um, he played for an hour, and it's not bad going getting through an hour of football when he hadn't played competitively since he played for Swansea against QPR in January, some eight months ago, um, nine months ago. So he got through an hour very well, and... I know you were impressed by him, weren't you, since? Yeah, I was. As I've, as I've said earlier, uh, I think he gives us some that we haven't got. Sees a pass, lovely left foot, got himself into good positions. We'll always go and get it off the back four and look to <clears throat> start your playing. Um, he played one ball in the first half that probably no one in the squad could play. And he, you know, he's got that experience. I don't know Tom as a lad, uh, you know, but I'm sure because of his experience and he's his game will become more of a talker. You know, I think the last time he was at the club, he was 21, where he was probably getting, you know, take this the right way. He, um, he might have been in awe of some of the players in and around him. Now, he'll, he could be the go-to for some of the younger ones to go and seek some advice from and learn from the way he trains and the clubs that he's been at. So, uh, so yeah, I was impressed. You know, it, it was, he was always going to play an hour. Um, but his quality was there for everyone to see. And the more he trains and the more he plays, I think the more influence he can have and will have. Yeah, it could certainly be a big 12 months for Tom Carroll. Uh, we caught up with him earlier today to talk about his move to QPR. And here's what he had to say. You've had the opportunity to, to get to know the, the new group. Obviously, you were training with the players before then completing the, the one-year deal and obviously making your second debut for QPR against Plymouth. Firstly, how have you settled into the group? Uh, really well, actually. It's a, a good group of boys. Obviously, I knew a couple uh, before coming in. Uh, Bawley, Joe Lumley. Um, so a few familiar faces definitely help. Uh, but the other boys have been great, to be fair, and I've settled in and I feel like I've, I've been here years, really. It's been seven years since you were last at the club. A lot's changed in that time in terms of QPR and probably in terms of yourself as well. Seven years ago, you were the, the young player in a very experienced group. Now, I wouldn't describe you as an old player at 28, but you're a more experienced player in a very young group. Do you feel you have a very different role to play this time around? Yeah, definitely. I feel... Back then, obviously, there was a, a lot of experienced heads um, who would still have a lot more experience than me now. Um, and again, that was a team where the pressure was probably a lot higher. Um, obviously, I think everyone knows the money that was getting thrown about to a lot of the boys was, was massive. 
Um, and obviously the club's changed, and I think for the best, really. I think, obviously, now this group is a really exciting group, uh, a group I'm really happy to be a part of, and obviously my role has, has changed, I guess. I, I feel like I can offer advice now to a few of the younger boys and, and try and help out. Um, and also, I feel like I'm a, I'm a different player and a, and a better player this time around. Is that a role you relish, that almost being the, one of the, the older heads in, in such a young dressing room? Uh, I guess so. Um, it's a tough one, really, because like, I, I still feel young. I still yeah. feel like a youngster, but obviously it flies by, your career goes, goes past, past so quick. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm here if the boys need me and, and want mm. to ask me anything, like that. I'm here for them and that's fine. Um, but like I said, we've got some good players. Uh, I was excited by what I saw last year in, in spells watching them. Um, so I'm looking forward to cracking on. From the outside looking in, if you like, it seems a very good fit. Your style of play and Mark Warburton's style of play that he's looking to implement. There's a very clear approach and philosophy from the manager. And from your point of view, when you're making a decision about where to go, how much emphasis do you place on how do they play the game? Um, yeah, that's massive for me. Um, I think as you're wearing the championship, you probably get four or five that will really want to play really good football and uh, and swear by that. And here is definitely one of them. Obviously, I've known a few players, even at Swansea, who have played for Rangers and whatnot, who have said great things about the manager and his playing staff. So, um, yeah, it was it was quite an easy decision to come in and, and, and see where it took us. And after a couple of days, I knew that how they wanted to play and, and the way they were doing things is, is the right way for me. And having not played competitively, competitively for about eight months, you made your, your debut uh, 24 hours after actually signing a contract with QPR. You must have been very pleased with how you did in that hour against Plymouth, despite the result. Yeah, obviously, firstly, a really disappointing result. Um, we had a lot of chances. We've got, we got to be more ruthless and, uh, and punish them teams. But personally, yeah, I was, I was, I was pretty happy. Um, I was glad to get some, some good involvement in the game and, and get on the ball and make some nice passes. So that's what I want to do. That's, that's what I'm, I feel like is a big strength of mine um, to get us on the ball and, and get passing. So hopefully I can do that and, yeah, hopefully make more appearances. And what's the feeling within the, the dressing room now going into the new season? Because it's, it's really hard to gauge exactly where anyone's going to be. Again, very different from the Premier League. You can have a good stab at who's going to be in the top six. Yeah. The Championship, it's almost uh, impossible. I say it every year. Uh, this league is it's ridiculous. Really. <laughs> you couldn't call it. Like, even last year, you get probably teams with massive budget and, and really good squads in like your Stokes, Middlesbrough. Mm. And they're, they're down there fighting with one, two games to go. So... It just shows you what the league's about and how competitive it is. Um, but, you know, from what I've seen and, and the players we've got around and obviously the playing style and, and the coaches and manager, I feel like we're in a good position coming, uh, coming Saturday. Like you say, in terms of spending money, there's no guarantee of finishing high up, like the, the examples you just mentioned there. So what is the, the key ingredient to have a chance of a successful season in the Championship? Well, we were saying that about our strengths and weaknesses the other day, but strength-wise, I think I think our playing style has got to be one of them. And I think our the togetherness and the, the dressing room, it's a really good bunch of boys um, who want to do well, want to improve and want to to get better every day. And I think that's that's massive. If you mm. can... Obviously, we need maybe a bit more 
that ruthless side, that winning mentality to grind out results, and which is what this league takes, I think, as well at times. Can't always just be good football and we're going to go out and, and batter teams every week because you know that's that's not the case in this league. So it's, there's a real mix to get to get out of the division. Um, but like I said, the boys are really excited for Saturday and there's enough in the dressing room to, to have a real good go. And just finally, from your point of view, are you saying that was my first hour of football in eight months, I need to ease my way in? Or are you saying, Gaffer, I'm ready, I'm, I'm willing, I want to get excited? Yeah, I'm ready. I wanted to I wanted to stay on the other day. <laughs> we just got it back to, to two after. We conceded a sloppy second goal and then we were in control really and I just wanted to stay on. My, my legs felt good, so... But yeah, I'm, I'm fit and, and ready and obviously just got to see what happens at the weekend, see if he's uh, sexy or not. Great stuff. Great to have you back. Cheers. Thank you. Tom Carroll there speaking ahead of this weekend's game against Nottingham Forest. He's certainly hoping I've been involved. He enjoyed getting his hour at home park against Plymouth. And Webby, he sounds like someone with a, a point to prove this year with QPR. Yeah, I think... Um... He's obviously uh, look, looking to come in now. I think, you know, maybe, you know, people, maybe he's been a little bit misunderstood in his career. I think he's really keen to prove what, what his strengths are, what, what he is as a footballer. I think he, you can tell, I think Mark Warburton said when he joined, he's, uh, he look, looked at Tom and asked him the question, um, you know, are you hungry? And he sees a desire there from someone who wants to, to press on in his career. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this weekend, it, it all gets underway in the Skybet Championship. QPR against Nottingham Forest at the Kyan Prince Foundation Stadium. Sadly, no supporters will be in attendance as yet, but hopefully that will change in October and beyond. The Nottingham Forest, Webby, they're, um, they're going to pose a, a real threat. They've, um, they've been busy in the transfer market. They have, yeah. They've been one of the, the busiest sides. Um, me and Sins were, were talking off air before this, and uh, yeah, I mean... Quite, quite how they missed out on the playoffs last year. I think they, uh, they, they were winless in their last six, three, three losses, three draws. Um, they'll, they'll have been scratching their heads. They're probably still scratching their heads as to how they didn't quite make the top six. But you know, you look at you look at the championship, and you know, me and Sins were saying before as well that you know you, you'd like to think that Norwich would probably do well. Brentford have got you know have got the squad again to, to challenge, but Forest will. Forest again will probably fancy their chances of making a, a real go for the top six. And since Luke Freeman has joined them on loan from Sheffield United, a season-long loan, it'd be interesting to see if he's involved on Saturday. And uh, well, he won't get a reception because there won't be any QPR fans there. Um, he left QPR with the best wishes, of course, of the, of the fans going to the Premier League and Sheffield United. Hasn't really had that opportunity with the blade, so he'll be looking to almost remind everyone of, of what he's capable of, which uh, is a worry <laughs> to be on the opposition of that. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, um, good player, did great for us, you know, in the, the two and a bit years he was there, you know, 100 and odd games, um, went to Sheffield United, you know, probably, if I'm looking at that, hasn't worked out for him as well as he would have hoped, you know, I think he only played 11 11 appearances, uh, albeit in a Sheffield, uh, Sheffield United squad that did remarkably well last year. So he'll be very, very keen because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought he'll see last season as a waste, but you know, your career's really short. Uh, you just want to play as many games. So he's been given a, 
Uh, he's got a, a great opportunity with one of the clubs that I believe will be there or thereabouts again. In Nuts Forest, Luke's a quality player. Will he play Saturday? Who knows? Didn't play at the weekend, Barnsley, but he'll certainly feature. And if he does, we need to be wary because we know his quality, you know, that left foot, uh, his creativity. Um, so, yeah, it'll be good to see him, but I hope he has a really uncomfortable afternoon on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a player, how important is it to, to get off to a, a good start in the league? I mean, obviously, it. In the grander scheme of things, it's not critical, but for confidence, for for hitting the ground running, etc., to to start strongly, to to start with a good result, it must do so much for confidence in a dressing room. I believe so, and uh, you know the managers I played for in my career, they always used to say, you know, it's let's let's get off to a good start because you will have a blip somewhere in the season, you will pick up injuries and suspensions, you will be short-handed so if you can get points on the board early on it just gives you a little bit of a buffer so it's important that we we get after a good start you know you look at the previous season before last we, we lost the first four and it puts you doesn't just put the team on the back foot Paul it puts the club on the back foot where you know it's all doom and gloom so I like all our supporters you know coming into a new season I get really excited you know uh, can't wait to see us play. A little bit of apprehension because you never know what you're going to get. New players, how they're going to settle in. But uh, I'm really, really looking forward to it. But it's going to be a, a, a huge test. If you look at Forest, busy as you say in the transfer market, added to an already quality squad. So uh, as I say, it's uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a tough one, but one we have to relish and look forward to. And I know our fans can't be watching, which is a which is a real shame and pity, but the circumstances dictate that. But those that do tune in and watch, let's hope we can put on a show, let's hope we can put on a performance and let's hope we get a result. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Webby, there's no disguise in the fact we've lost a lot of goals since last season. Obviously, Naki Wells going in January and then Jordan Hugel, Abir Ayezi as well. There's a, a lot of goals between that, that particular trio. Lyndon Dykes has come in it. There's a, a lot of responsibility on Dyke's shoulders. He certainly seems um, big enough and brave enough and confident enough to, to take on that, that pressure. He doesn't look like someone who gets easily phased. But the manager has spoken about the, the need to perhaps add to, to the ranks and if he can, to, to bring in a, another striker. So it's going to be interesting to see if he's able to do that in the coming days and weeks. Yeah, it will be. I think, you know, it's, it's no secret that, you know, Below Linden and you know as, as Remote as well. Below that, there's we we haven't really got anything. So yeah, you, you would imagine that the manager's going to to look to bring one more at least one more striker in. Um, we'll see in the coming days or coming weeks, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on Saturday, while QPR fans can't be at the game watching QPR against Nottingham Forest, they can tune in live courtesy of QPR Plus. Live stream will be available. Um, season ticket holders, you would have received by now a voucher which gives you access to all QPR home games and all midweek away games free of charge. Um, for weekend away games, you can purchase a match pass for £10 to tune into those. But all home games and all midweek away games are available free to QPR season ticket holders. Um, and you will have received uh, your season ticket holder vouchers. Uh, with full details on how to activate those codes. Very similar to how you activated them last season for the final nine games of 2019-20. Just a reminder, you are urged to 
make sure you activate your voucher and check everything's working in advance of Saturday. Don't wait until Saturday until 2.45. It gives us gives the customer support staff a very little window of opportunity to make sure you're on and watching the action and listening to the dulcet tones of Nick London and Andy Sinton come three o'clock. Since what can we expect? We'll come to you finally as you'll be the co-commentator on Saturday. All eyes, well, all ears will be on you. All eyes will be on the action. What can we expect from QPR against Nottingham Forest on QPR Plus this Saturday? I would like to say I hope you expect me to be screaming my head off about three or four times when we when we score and uh, get the season underway. But um, as I already said, Paul, it's going to be a really tough game. But you know, new season throws up you know excitement. Um, you know what what lies ahead. Expecting a really really tough game, but our approach. Let's get on the front foot. Let's you know, impose ourselves. Let's let's take the game to Notts Forest get the balance right that we've already spoke about and let's see if we can get off to a positive result. And I don't see any reason why not, but uh, as I say, tough game to start. Yeah, it certainly is. Listen, Matt, since thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for listening to us on the Loftcast. We'll be back next week, hopefully reflecting on an opening day win against Nottingham Forest while looking ahead to Coventry City, which is next Friday, live in front of the Sky Cameras and how we love to perform in front of the Sky Cameras. This has been the Loftcast. Thanks for listening.